0: Welcome to... Herman Legend. With your hosts, Smartwatch, Neil and Chris, and Opax. Lugan Speaker. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Urban Legends. Welcome to the jungle. We got fun and games. Yes, it is the Urban Legends Inset Podcast, the largest by volume. Uh, I am the star of the 1990s classic <laughs> British physical comedy show, which has done well globally. Mister Peas, Chris Flynn. And with me is the former winner of Portslade's Strongest Man. It is Mr... Neil Herbert. Hi, Frisky Whiskers. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too shabby. Not too shabby. So, Portslade's Strongest Man. Tough contest. Mm. Well, it um, certainly is. A lot of strong people in Portslade, isn't there? Well, there are, yeah. And um, so how long was that bodybuilding community. Um, it was uh, back in the 90s. Back in the 90s, okay. Yeah. Back when uh, roids were cheap and available. Really? So it was kind of, you were roiding up even though it was like a strong man rather than Mr. Universe style thing? I'm going to assume it's equivalent, yeah. Oh, okay. And so um, is it? was it like the world's strongest man? So were you kind of, or was it kind yeah, of… you know, pulling a train with Batif. Yeah, at the was station. Kind of, you know, was it, lifting was it, buses. Was it Ports, Big rocks. Was it kind of… And was it Slade based? So, like the tasks were kind of based around Portslade, like lifting a keg of Stella onto the back of a truck or something, like rather than lifting balls onto things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there I mean, was it was a lot of just like busy work. If I'm looking back on it, not a a busy so, work. Yeah, and a world's strongest man competition. Were they actually just getting you to do their work for them? Oh, was just free labor now. I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah. or our next... Because uh, uh, that, that, tro- that, that trophy went right over there, I'll tell you. That's <laughs> r- r- really
1: quick. Brusted
0: <laughs> really Right, and for the next challenge, will the strongmen please move... Get all the these barrels in- down into the cellar. <laughs> <laughs> will they, Victoria will, will they move this sofa into my new flat? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> will they move all of these boxes from the back of this truck? into the my, storage into my storage lock up right okay yeah. uh, so you how long did it take you to figure this out you is it, you just come into it now or about 4 years hmm. will you pull my car to the local tire center yeah. um yeah, all right and and you, how much did you have to pay to enter this contest i mean Not oh, yeah yeah, no, not really. Down, back. it it didn't it didn't leave me any richer. We'll say that much. Okay, and so from there, did you uh, then go and compete in kind of a, a greater, great Brighton and Hove area strongman contest, or did well, you? I tried to, but the tough lads up in the up in more you know, up in up in Scheme, up in the... yeah, and also both and also ways. Your victory wasn't recognised, was it? Because it was a, a, a scam. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I've never actually had to do any kind of, like, cable tuffling or anything like that. they quite heavy, Chris. You wouldn't. They are quite heavy, aren't I they? I couldn't toss them very far. <laughs> um, did you have to, like, did you really struggle when it came to, like, picking up an anchor and waddling 100 yards with it or something? I mean, murder on the back, so yeah. Oh, I bet. I, I want bet. to be honest with you, the medical bills are crippling now. Yeah, and that's really weird yeah. as well, isn't it, considering the we don't have medical bills in this country? So, yeah. Very point good point of use. You go to do, you, show. Do, you, do you think that maybe you're being scammed again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it that's, sounds like it, doesn't it? I'm not always invested wisely. mate. No, that's true. And uh, and in some ways, I feel like I'm partially responsible, what, of being your manager and all. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, for the last 30 oh, years. I've done all right out of it. Yeah, I know. mm that's all right, Neil. Like I've said to you, keep eating that whey protein powder. Keep doing, um, keep trying to push trees over or pulling cars. And, you know, that's all, that's all good stuff. We'll get you into the, the greater, uh, Great Brighton Hove one, um, you know, sometime before 2040, hopefully. Did you hear anything about me getting that Game of Thrones part? I was going to play on you know, some, some big beef you like that fella, the mountain. Yeah, um, I, I sent them your show reel and they didn't respond. <laughs> All right. Um, I thought me, me pushing twenty trolleys at one. you pushing first day to tr- car park, West Yeah, I mean, but that wasn't a strongman act, was it? That was you. That no, was, that's, my, that's my minimum wage job. <laughs> the, dole, the dole office made you get that, otherwise, they'd cut yeah. off your benefits. <laughs> yeah. Um, Still, that no, was a piece of strength of description. Yeah, the, yeah, we had that. We had you. Um, Sword fighting um, against a mannequin, yeah. uh, one of those uh, pink ones. are <laughs> green screen up? Aren't they? Well, I mean, again, like this, this wasn't, and this is where this is where you fell down again. I'm, I'm afraid um, this was your show reel. This wasn't actually part of the show. So this was to try and get you a part in the show. she's a bit of imagination. I would thought. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and again, Neil, that isn't what they're looking for, and. I d- and I really tried to make this clear at the time, and you refused to listen, and said that it's my wow. show i I have it how I want, yes. and so we went with your one. And unfortunately, um, you saying in the show rule, one of your things was you turned to camera and said, "How about that? Stick that in your stick that in your TV show. Send me the check, right?" So I, I just don't think that you kind of under, understood the, the filmmaking process necessarily. Well, no. I mean, we can work on that. We can work on that. Um, there's bound to be another show that needs a big lad soon. They like the bit where I got a bit greased up? Um, I'll be honest with you. I cut that out so that it would get through American customs. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I think that under... I think that under the Patriot Act, that could have been considered an act of terrorism. That's a, lot of, a lot of money I spent on lard there that was wasted, Chris. But there you go. And again, I did. I did well, tell you not to do that. I mean, you could. It's it's uh, not always the, easy being your manager. The benefit of hindsight, it's insane. Anything, no, no, well. no. I had the benefit of foresight now. <laughs> like you know, I know that you're someone who learns by doing. Yeah. Um, apart it's from a, the learning aesthetic, well. Well um so uh, are you are you still training or are you are you are you uh No I'm giving up now can't be, can't be giving up you. training, you're solely solely looking for sort of extra work now, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, well um I'll keep I'll keep ring round, that's all I can do. Well um, there you go. As Regnell said, you know, you take ten percent of the cut, kiss ten percent of the artist or whatever that phrase was. Yeah. Okay. I mean, again, like the fact that you've based your entire sort of idea of this on with male and I is is another is another issue we've spoken about. Yeah, <laughs> it's very very accurate depiction of uh, the acting world. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, before you got into management, you um, mm. you you are a bit more successful, than me, didn't you? This very successful. Yeah, with Mister Mister Pays. Mister Pays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did, did really sounds well. familiar. Sounds, sounds like a bit of a low rent version of something a bit. Well, so the storyline yeah, that might have done made more. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. To be honest, a bit more talk. racist. But... Well, I mean it's it's a it's a story of someone who's uh, with learning disabilities who's slipped through society's uh, the social sort of safety net and lives in a bed bedsit. And his best friend is a is a Doll. And he goes, Oh, Dolly. And sort of high physical hijinks he gets up to while sort of mm. trying to trying to navigate navigate the world but without really understanding it. And everyone sort of having a laugh at him. seems, seems a bit wrong, but her uh, compelling point, no, is okay. Well, yeah, it probably like translates well to all languages though, doesn't it? I think that's the thing. It does. And what yeah. we did is um we quite cleverly we didn't release it where what, what was Roll, Roll, Roll Atkinson or something. Apparently, he apparently he stole the idea. He was doing something similar, um, stole it before we did it as well. Which is yeah, uh, that's the most cunning idea. of steals. Most yeah. cunning of all, using time travel, presumably. Well, um, well, well you yeah, know, what you get and you got that on that BBC gravy train back in the day. Um, got that blackadder money. Probably um, hired Darren Brown to or see what you are going to do. Oh God, he yeah. did it. Well, less said about that, the better. Well, yeah. um, so we didn't sort of try and release in sort of America and Australia and stuff. We went for kind of the the second secondary market. So we released it in uh, Iran and like the like, uh, Republic of Congo, um, Bolivia, that kind of thing, um, yeah. where they weren't where they weren't getting Uzbekistan. In, they like it. Uzbekistan, yeah. And so you had kind of it's stuff. Sight-gag yeah so you kind of had had stuff kind of um you know like me me in a in a shopping trolley going oh and uh going through traffic and stuff um nice. uh f- falling into canals that's a that's quite a, f- uh, a famous famous scene falling into a canal cuz slipped on a slipped on an old burger wrapper um eating eating twigs that was a good yeah. one. Eating twigs. Turn um, their twiglets, yeah. Turning their twiglets. Uh yeah, um, trying to butter a dog. That was um that was a good one. Because you thought it was a hot dog. Because I thought it was a hot dog, yeah. misunderstood do think... what hot dog was. Yeah. Exactly, because of my learning difficulties. Yeah. Um <laughs> I mean you, you did I mean I, I sometimes feel that you know, unlike Mr. Bean, the fact that you decided to, you know, explicitly call out his learning disabilities may have been a, a mistake. You know, in hindsight, well, isn't Mr. isn't what was he called, Mr. Bean? Right, um, and, and what is that quite similar? I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty much identical shot for shot, right? Well, I, I don't know, I've not seen it. Um, but but presumably, that's a, that character apart from the bit where he goes to camera and then starts talking about his medical records. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the audience is going to be laughing about that, aren't they? it's kind of. Well yeah, because he keeps getting the words wrong. Oh right, yeah. Yeah. Because it it's um you know, right, like it's not 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 a bright lad. Um bright in his own way, you know, he's always very cheerful. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, so uh, yeah, he used to, used to star in that, got got a few films out of it, a cartoon. That was good. The cartoon was um was uh, was done in Turkey. Um yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's done. I the residuals are fantastic now. I'm doing all right out of it. Yeah, it was quite cheaply animated, wasn't it? It was all about two frames per second. Well, what they, what, what they, yeah, it was like two frames per second. What they did was they just, uh, like, I, I did like lots of different facial expressions, and like they cut out the picture from the polaroids, and then just used that to do the stop animation rather than having to draw it. Yeah. And then they, uh, for the body, they just um, cut out. They just cut out um, people, kind of uh, models from catalogues. Yeah, so, it's quite so, a ter- terrifying experience in a lot of ways. It's quite jarring because yeah. when when he's walking, he's changing clothes every step. But. Yeah. Um, Hey, like people liked it. They they thought it was um they thought it was quite art house, but um actually it was it was it was purely down to cost that we did that. I just didn't realise it was just incredibly cheap, the animated, yeah. Yeah, so uh yeah, all good. Um okay. so you know, that's why I feel that uh, I am the right person to manage your career. I just wish you'd listen a little more, Neil. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you, London I'd be more successful than me, so I suppose that, be... You strong men artist types. <laughs> Uh, Neil. right, so, I believe you've got a, a mistress, Chris. Mm, maybe on. I do, you know, meet and, the podcast. and do you know what? It's got it crosses lots of different boundaries. Ooh. You've got you've got spiritualism, you've got vortexes, Ooh. you have uh Native American stuff, right. you've got you've got lizard men, you've got time travelers, Ooh. you've got UFOs, and you've got people from the lost. Sunken City of uh, Lemua, I believe it's called, which is like a Pacific version of Atlantis. Fair enough. And it is the many legends and stuff of Mount Shasta, which is in Northern California again. Oh, back in California. Back in California. Uh, And it's Mount Shasta. Of course, not to be mistaken with Mount Shatner, which is the thing which you're currently building, Neil, isn't it? Which is uh, up in Scotland. You're carving out a big, a big face relief, of William, of Shatner. William yeah. Shatner on on a, yeah. on one of the Gorns. Yeah. Um how, how are you getting on with that? It's, been, it's going to be the, it's going to be the biggest face in the like in in the world, isn't it? When you're done with it, yes, yeah, yeah, it will be about three hundred foot high. Mm, lovely um, and. Where are you at at the moment? Well, we're sort of doing a bit of replanning because I wanted to right. do like modern-day Shatner. Yeah. And it kind of just looks like a pile of rocks anyway. So <laughs> right. Right. we're kind of rethinking maybe the, you know, like 60s era Star Trek, you know. So, so you, the one which you've got at the moment is uh, indistinguishable from the rest of the rocks, as that rock yeah, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. We're having to have a bit of a rethink. Maybe do it in an Art Deco style, and he could have, like, a helmet with wings on it. Just a suggestion. Well, have a think about it. You know, Have a little think. So, I'm going to start off. So, there's loads of stuff about this, so it's quite difficult to find one thing that covers it all. Um, but I'm going to start off with uh, the NPR website. So, that's pretty oh, oh, highfalutin, okay. isn't it? Not so sherry. NPR. <laughs> Which I believe is channel? National Public Radio. Oh, no, yeah, that's their um, free-to-air one, isn't it? Yeah. It's like their BBC I was, I was getting it confused with whatever that one that did, 30 Rock. And it was heard on the show, All Things Considered. Ooh. Uh And who's written it? Uh, didn't say. Unless I'm missing it. Um, so, I'm going to have a little read through read through this, and then I can move on to some other bits. The NPR is yes. a nice place to start, isn't it? Because it gives a sober, clear-eyed... Well, you'd think it would yeah. be a bit more kind of factual. Um, Which, is, actually, now you're saying it probably isn't the ideal place to start. No. But here we go, anyway. So, so let's sorry. take all the fun out of it first, and then we yes. can... Uh, yeah. Oh, it's by Stephen Jackson in 2015. Cool. A mountain of many legends draws spiritual seekers from around the globe, which is what you're hoping actually happens with Mount Shatner. Yeah. So Mount Shasta in Northern California is an outdoor adventure uh, destination. Okay. Weekend warriors come in droves to climb the massive snow-capped Stratovolcano, camp in the miles of national forests, and enjoy some of the purest water in the state. Mm. I mean, knowing California's water problems, like, yeah, I, I so. mean, how long, how long is that going to be so, the case? I'll get China town out somewhere else. Yeah. We need more soy. Uh, some visitors, however, come not for wide open spaces, but for healing and transcendence. The mountain has a global reputation as a gathering place for spiritual seekers. Nice. Heeding a mountain's call. I smell cash. <laughs> <laughs> uh many of Shasta's spiritual-minded visitors make their way to the to Shasta Vortex Adventures, a touring outfit in the town of Mount Shasta. In uh it's in a quaint little house on Chesternut Street, just off the main boulevard, right next door to a metaphysical bookstore. This sounds all very woo, so, so far. Yes. Uh, Ashlin just Ashlin she doesn't use a surname, is the founder of Shasta Vortex Adventures. Her company leads guided meditations, vision quests, and hiking and driving tours of the mountain's sacred sites. All sounds get- on the app, I get people from all over the world, she says, pointing at a world map on the wall behind her desk. There's a little pushpin for every client's home country. Uh, I'll be honest with you, having a quick look at the picture there. Not as many as we have listened to this podcast. (laughs) Thumb my nose. The map is bursting with pins. They come here for spiritual growth, healing, understanding and more about themselves, figuring out what their life's purpose is and sometimes just to feel the energy. The mountain pulls in approximately 26,000 visitors each year according to the Mount Shasta Chamber of Commerce and a straw poll of the town indicates many of those visitors never leave. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, this has got a bit of cult written all over it now. It does have a little bit of... I mean, If your way of trying to understand what your life goals are is to go up to a spiritual mountain, I imagine mug is your life choice. (laughs) (laughs) Neil, you've been very dismissive. Please, please remember that I'm an animist. I need to open my third eye, don't I, and see what's going on. Look, everything has some kind of energy or spirit, Neil. Yeah. Everything from the sun to the pebble on the seafront. Judith, or Dankowski, who came to the town years ago, is one of those visitors turned resident. Why truly here was the mountain, she says. Now she works at the visitor centre, pointing tourists to the best spots on Mount Shatner. So at the moment, we just seem to be talking about the tourist stuff. But I yeah. think he's think it goes- more, more got the energy of an advertorial at the moment. But- but it's NPCs or NPR, so it won't be. I don't know. They're they, are they mm. taking sponsorship these days. Nah. They're always on pledge drives, aren't they? Aren't yeah, they? pledge drives, not sponsorship. But those jokes from The Simpsons. Uh, yeah. The indication. Lewis Elbinger, who retired from the Foreign Service and started his own nation based tea shop in the town, is another. When I was called, uh, I was called. The mountain called me, he says. When I'm walking through the forest, I feel like I'm walking through a cathedral. There is a spiritual uh, channel, an author, Diane Robert Robbins, who heard the mountains call while living in upstate New York. It does not matter where you go on the mountain. The mountain's energy is everywhere, she says. It's bliss. Sounds nice, isn't it, Neil? A bit of bliss. If, if the mountain's energy is everywhere, can I feel it from here, do you think? No, Maybe you've got to be correctly. on the mountain. Oh, She's, okay. She said, "It doesn't matter where you go on the mountain, as long as you're on the mountain." Right, you've okay. got to be on the mountain, Neil. I can't yeah. emphasise yeah. that enough. No, fair enough. Write that down in your in your little book. All right, we'll do, Make a Mate, you done it? Yeah. Have you got to be on the mountain? Yeah, Just feel the yeah. energy. Yeah. yeah, Cool. Have you have you put down what mountain? One in California. Right, close enough. Uh Native American legends, Ascendant Masters, and a Crystal City. So, there are dozens of stories, legends, and myths surrounding Mount Shasta, adding to its mystery and allure. Ooh. Back at Shasta Vortex Adventure, Ashlyn sits down and explains some of the more prominent theories about the mountains. First, there, there are the Native American stories. The Native Americans have always felt that the mountain was the sacred centre of the universe. But they failed to cash in on this. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know that. I'm not – look, I don't know, but that doesn't seem to ring true. Like that they would think it's the centre of the universe because they're, they're kind of – So this is like the, uh, the North American uh, Mount Olympus then or something? Yeah, but again, I'm not – I don't know. I don't I'm not have... not familiar with Native American sort of pantheon. Do they have, like, God – Well, they believe – well, no. not They believe in different spirits and stuff, and they're kind of analysts a bit. But again, it yeah. depends It depends on what – you know, I mean, yeah, there, is, there is no Native tribe. American. Uh, no, 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 it's not a homogenous group. It's there's hundreds of different beliefs, groups different of tribes, belief systems. Yeah. But they also kind of believe in sort of stuff coming from the stars and that kind of thing. So that makes me think that this being the central universe – Maybe just something that she's decided to make it sound better. Well, yeah. So I mean, it's what you, if you want to sell your mountain. That's what you're doing it exactly. Uh, they even have stories that talk about it being the home of the creator. Mount Shasta straddles the territories of the Shasta, Wintu, Atchuami, and Atsugewe, and Modoc tribe. Not surprisingly, the imposing mountain shows up on a lot of tribal myths and stories. Mm. It's especially important to the Wintu tribe, who trace their people's origins back to a sacred spring on the mountain. Yeah. They have always done their sacred ceremonies here, and they continue to do them to this day, says Ashlyn. Every August, they do their ceremonies for just the tribe and their invited guests. Then... There are the Ascended Masters. In the 1930s, a businessman named Guy Ballard was hiking on the mountainside when he encountered a mysterious figure who claimed to be an Ascended Master. Hi, oh, you having a nice hike? Yeah, I'm an Ascended Master. Fuck off. Oh. Those are beings who have lived many lifetimes on this planet, Neil. Oh, that's good to know and no longer need to come back to that birth-death cycle that we're put in because they've learned to master the physical plane. That's as it said. So does that mean that when he dies, he'll go... Is that you get achieve Nirvana or... Essentially, immortal? Like, they don't die anymore. Yeah, he's just a mortal now. Yeah, just immortals. And as all immortals would do, they live in a cave. Uh, yeah. But Ballard, you wouldn't you eventually, you get bored of people. Yeah. You've heard it all before. Don't like hey. Oh, not all this again. As Ballard would later write, this particular Ascended Master passed on his teachings and took him on a cosmic journey through space and time. <laughs> of course he did, Ballard. Mm, okay, that should be good. So, Ballard, along with his wife, Edna, you're going to like this, Neil, soon yes. started a religious movement called the I Am... In all capitals, activity. A mixture of uh, Christianity, theosophy, and fierce nationalism. (laughs) Oh, this has got, you know, this this sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Ballard then then claimed to be George Washington reincarnated and said that America was spiritually superior amongst nations. Totally. Well I mean uh, that's that's what you learn after, once you've uh <laughs> once you I was I was just picturing a load of like peaceful hippies up a yeah. mountain getting ripped off. Not mm. some like right wing fuckhead. Yeah, or on, on the, the reincarnation <laughs> of George Washington. Who by the way, while well, he may have been like a very good general or whatever, I mean he wasn't like a fucking saint, was he? Oh, far from it. Very yeah. far. He was he was well and also he was the richest man in America, like by a long way, and he big big slave guy. Part of the course, I guess, but yeah, not like excusing it in any way, shape, or form, but yeah, yeah. His sort of main problem with the British was that he didn't want to pay tax on all of his lands because he had more land than anyone else, and he was by far the richest man in America. It'd be like sort of Bezos being the head of your revolution now. Um Not that I'm saying the revolution was wrong. I'm just saying that no, no fair you know, enough. He's, he wasn't. He wasn't necessarily sainted. Um, <laughs> right so once i've got physical plane under heel then uh it's nationalism <laughs> yeah well you're, you've been taught by an ascended master Something exactly. I should, yeah. it's it's a it. coming of george washington Ooh. excuse me so at the height of his popularity now the i am activity had about a million followers <laughs> I oh, yeah, am activity. That's a weird name for your cult. Yeah, really is. Um, is that then, one world or is that separate? I'm always trying to look this up, although I don't. It's separate. It. Yeah, no, there'll be loads about it. So I am in capitals. I space am and then activity not in capitals. Um oh. and at, at the height of its popularity, the I am activity had a million followers. They were eventually ch- uh, charged by the US government for swindling their followers out no, of millions of dollars and say. the group fell into obscurity. <laughs> what would the Ascendant Masters think of that? They shouldn't be well, to be honest, it's the Ascendant Masters' fault because they um they gave this ballard character like the the knowledge, didn't they? They should have been a bit more picky. Well, yeah, I mean, you generally go, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? You just go and teach it to everyone, and then, you know, Guy Ballard turns up and ruins the whole show. Yeah. So t- today, the I Am activity is still going strong on Manchester. so we join? I mean, yeah, why not? Is it a sex call? I mean, I mean you never eight? know. Uh, Visitors can learn more about the group's spiritual beliefs at the I Am Reading Room in town. And every August, they put on the I Am Come pageant. (laughs) What? (laughs) Are you spelling that? C-O-M-E. Yeah, so I'm looking at I I Am is a reference to the ancient Sanskrit mantra Soham. I don't know what that means. Um, Or Soham or Soham, which is (laughs) I am, he, she, that in Sanskrit. Um, you know, you're identifying yourself with ultimate reality. And the divine biblical name, I am that I am. Wasn't that Popeye? That was Popeye, yeah. yeah. Who was who was one of the apostles? So apparently this is a, I will be what I will be, or I am, I am. Go, 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 go. Where's Miss Spinach? It was originally a Hebrew phrase, apparently. But the, oh, there you go. Well, Popeye famously was one of the – he was the last five members. Like, if you saw the early ones, he, he was one of the last surviving members of one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Well, there you go. Yeah. they um, they they, they 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 slowly phased that out for, for stuff like Popeye and the <laughs> Son <laughs> and Kegoon Island and that. Um, I'm going to go to the I Am Kami patch. And- yeah, yeah, they, they. I was going to say was like, Popeye was on the music but Yeah, go. I want to go to the I am cum pageant. I am explanation. Uh I know it's pathetic, but it's funny. Finally, there is the legend of Telos. According to Ashelin, Telos is a crystal city inside the mountain inhabited by higher-dimensional beings called Lemurians. That goes way back to the ancient continent of Lemuria. That was in the North Pacific Ocean many thousands of years ago, she says. It was actually inhabited before Atlantis was inhabited. Mm. There you go. Atlantis ripped us off, actually. (laughs) As the story goes... Lemuria and Atlantis got into a thermonuclear war and sank their continents. <laughs> the Lemurians fled into Mount Shasta, and that's where they've remained ever since, mostly. Well, that's what you do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You say you sank you're going to hide the mountain for a bit. And lit, lit I, have a good think about what's going on. Well, there's a couple of stories from the 1940s where the Lemurians were actually seen walking into town, says Ashelin. They were seven feet tall, dressed in long white robes and sandals. They went to the general store to buy the supplies and paid for their purchases with chunks of gold. What the heck? I assume there's no real eyewitnesses witnesses for any of this stuff. And then they went on a basketball court. Yeah. Go pick up. The shopkeeper would take the gold, turn around to try and give them change But, you guess what? The Lemurians would be gone. These days, no one reports eyewitness accounts of Lemurians in the flesh, but some locals believe that the smooth, saucer-shaped lenticular clouds that often gather at the summit of Mount Shasta are engineered by the Lemurians to camouflage alien cargo ships docking at Telos. Well I mean they're clearly quite happy to just get on the local Burger King or wherever it is. They've been rocking <laughs> up and paying in gold for stuff. So what well, I can't get on the B and I I don't know. Oh do you know do you know what? I've been I've been in that mountain for fucking ten thousand years and I am parched. Let's go down the local shop and get some boobs in. Let's some get some get down spoons. Let's get let's get down let's get down a little bit. Right, how much gold like we've, we've got plenty of gold, they still accept that, yeah? It's the thing as well. It's like, you know, you just imagine like working at, I don't know, wherever, um, Walmart or something, and they're just coming yeah. down and throwing a chunk of gum at you. Oh, no, I can't accept that. Well, I mean, I'm, it's probably an independent shop by the same And then of trying them. to give them change as well. Like, oh, yeah, that's that's, that's no, <laughs> exactly how much is gold. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, I'll just. Let me just look that up and weigh weigh out how much that is for, so I can give you your your accurate change. Hello, we are Lemurians. Give us 500 cigarettes and four crates of whiskey. How much is that in gold? That kind of thing, wouldn't it? I can imagine. So, taking a hike. Uh, So this is the end of this bit. So considering all these stories, I decide to go up on the mountain and check it out myself. I have a long walk to a snow-covered clearing in the woods that I've heard as an energy vortex. Mm-hmm. I don't have a spiritual epiphany. Close-minded. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. the air feels... Well, actually, not that. You won't. No, yeah, exactly. The old-growth cedars are covered in brilliant green moss and shape-shifting clouds whip across the sky impossibly fast. In short, it is literally awesome. And regardless of what one believes about the mountain, it's easy to see why it has so many legends to its name. As Ashlyn puts it, Shasta is a non-denominational mountain—a blank slate for wonder and even transcendence. There's nothing new. The Greeks had Olympus, Moses had Sinai, and a spirit. As long as you got money, of just, yeah, Religion is a, no. Project what you no want she for there. us. Yeah. Okay, so. So that's, you know, what I like to call uh, the establishment view, Neil. Yep. Yeah. NPR. But I'm going to read now from, so this one has kind of more, I mean, like from a, from a brief look, it's got a bit more of um, what some believers have seen and that kind of jazz. Okay. Yeah. And it's from Atlas Obscuria. And it's by Laura Kinnery from September 2020. Oh, so recent. Very recent. So, there's something about Mount Shasta. Uh, that would be the uh, the come party thing. Um, <sighs> you know, like something about Mary with the hair. Um yes. So, yep. the California peak striking presence and uh, geological complexity have inspired many believers. So, they didn't talk about the caves and stuff in the last one, which is surprising for NPR because... There's a lot of caves in it, and they've got a lot of like because it's volcanic. It's got like yeah. lots of crystals. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They bought into a lot of the guff, didn't they? It was more talking. I mean, it sounds like she like I don't know. I'm not going to have a go because I don't get off my ass. But it sounds like she basically just talked to that one woman. Yeah. No, so there, there is a well-known legend that says somewhere deep beneath Northern California. Uh, the 14,179-foot-tall Mount Shasta is a complex of tunnels in a hidden city called Telos, the ancient city of light for the Lemurians. These are the residents of the mythical lost continent of Lemuria, which met its demise under the waves of the Pacific or the Indian Ocean, depending on who you ask, thousands of years ago. Lemurians, believed to have survived the catastrophe, are said to have settled in Telos, and over the years their offspring have been sporadically reported wandering around the area, seven feet tall with long, flowy hair and often clad in sandals and white ropes. I mean, it just sounds like another cult. But yeah, pretty much. Apart from the height thing. <clears throat> so Lemurians aren't the only unusual figures said to inhabit this standalone stratovolcano. Easily seen from Interstate 5 and about 60 miles south of the Oregon border, Mount Shasta is believed to be the home base for the lizard people, too. <laughs> ah, those as well. Reptilian humanoids that also reside underground. We've not come across lizard people yet, but I think... Not really. Um, well, there was, like, a brief mention of them in, um Denver International Airport. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But very brief. Um... So the mountain is also a hotbed of ufo sightings one of the most recent which occurred on february 2020 it was a, it was actually just a saucer shaped lenticular uh, lenticular cloud, lenticular cloud. Hmm. in fact the mountain is associated with so many otherworldly paranormal and mythical beings in addition to being a long established mate of american traditions it's uh, that it's almost like a who's who of metaphysics <laughs> It does. There is a lot of just stuff getting thrown at the pot here. I was thinking as well, because they were talking about using those lenticular clouds to sort of mm. cover stuff up. I was wondering, could the Lemurians ride them around like Monkey in that um, show in that uh, show back in the 70s? Yeah, Remember maybe. That? Um, would get on his cloud, wouldn't they? I'm aware of it from, talking pop, about. from pop culture, but yeah. I've never actually seen an episode of it. So it's attracting legions of followers over the years, including. The poet of the Sierras, uh, Wacken Miller, and naturalist John Muir, as well as uh, fringe religious, uh, religious organizations such as the Ascendant Masters, who believe that they're enlightened beings, uh, that they're enlightened beings existing in a higher dimension. So they believe that they themselves are yeah. existing in a higher dimension. <laughs> well, they've ascended, haven't they? So what is it about this mountain in particular that inspires so much belief? So I was thinking about dimensions the other day, because physicists reckon there's 11, right? Okay. So I – dimension, like, because I, I I struggle to – I can't really envisage anything outside of the three dimensions. I know the fourth yes. is time, but I can't really imagine it. So I don't know. It doesn't like, really lend itself to sort of – like you can see diagrams of these things, but it doesn't really. To human like it's not, It's not, yeah, it's not really like comprehensible to your average human being, is it? Nah. So, excuse me. So, there's a lot about Mount Shasta and volcanoes in general that's difficult to explain, says Andrew Calvert, scientist in charge at the California Volcano Observatory. And when you're having difficulty explaining something, you try and understand it. Calvin has studied Shasta's eruptive history since 2001. It's such a complicated and rich history, he says, and Shasta itself is also visually very powerful. These qualities build on each other to make it a profound place for a lot of people. Geologists, spirituality seekers, and even San Francisco tech folks and hunters uh, gather there from 10,000 years ago. It's one that can have a really strong effect on your psyche. Thing is, because it's there on its own as well, like it's not like part of a range of mountains. Uh, okay, yeah, which so is like one peak. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere, sort of. Thing. So, Mount Shasta is one of the most prominent of all the Cascade volcanoes, an arc that runs from southwestern British Columbia to northern California and includes Washington's Mount Rainier and Oregon's Mount Hood, among others. It's so steep and tall that it even creates its own weather, says Calvert. This includes the spaceship looking lenticular clouds that tend to form around the mountain, uh, created, he says, by humid air masses that hit the volcano and then go up a little bit and cool off, you know, like a cloud does. Oh. Um, but they only contribute to Shasta's supernatural allure along with its ice clad peak, steaming, uh, Fumaroles and shape shifting surface that is constantly being broken down and rebuilt by ice, water, wind, and debris. The mountain also sits about 15 miles or so west of the standard arc line of the other Cascade volcano, a move that took place about 700,000 years ago. It's a bit boring. We don't really have a good explanation why it moved out there, Calvert says, in a statement that seems to make Manchester's mystery appear more otherworldly by the minute. Not really. The Mount Shasta's spiritual legacy goes far deeper than contemporary myths and sightings for Native Americans. In particular, the mountain is a sacred place, straddling the territories of the Shasta, Wintu, Atu uh, Maui, uh, Atugewe, and Modoc tribes, which can date their lineage, lineage back to a time when the eruption actually took place. The last eruption, says Calvert, was a little over 3,000 years ago. Ooh. Shasta is where uh, Gumokok, the creator resided and the original bones of the Modoc people are placed, says Taylor Tupper, a Modoc Indian of the Kalamath tribes raised in the Kalamath Basin just north of Shasta. I always bring offerings such as water or tobacco when I visit. Well, that would stop me having to go down the shop, will Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh Because I never want to come to the mountain in a bad way. But Tupper knows that there's more to shatter than that even. We'd be silly to think that we're the only ones here in the vast universe, she says, pointing out that the volcano is also home to the uh, Mata Kagmi, the Modoc's word for Bigfoot. they have got Bigfoot oh, here. Oh, so we've got a psychic Bigfoot in here as well. Yeah, yeah. which are known as the Keepers of the Woods. Bigfoots have been in existence as long as our people has, says Tupper. I haven't seen them myself, but maybe I wasn't chosen to see them. I have different gifts. Nice. <laughs> I'm really, really good at stoku, some people see Bigfoots. Yes. He's a, he's a stoical fella. Imagine uh, she, if you are the person who's or she, excuse me. Um imagine if you're sort of like chosen to just see Bigfoots. Hmm. I'm just gonna think you're an idiot. I can't see it. No, well I well it. no, I don't think I don't think it's like it will show itself in front of someone and there's someone else there and only one person could see it. I think it's more that if you're out and about on your own, then a Bigfoot might you know where to appear, but it might it, present yeah. itself to you because you've got good vibrations or something. Oh, okay. Do you know and what I mean? It just hides up a tree or something. Yeah. Otherwise it just like stays in the woods. Yeah. So uh I have different gifts. As does Philip Dawson, a Californian volcano observatory geophysicist who has spent nearly four decades looking at how volcanoes work, listening to the noises of their mag- uh, magmatic and fluid processes, which he calls talking, and interpreting those signals in terms of physical processes. Um, it sounds a bit boring. am not going to read that, but. Fair enough. Right. So I'm gonna now go into um an account of someone seeing something from so, There's a lot of claims here, very little in the way, in the way of uh, yeah, what's actually happened. No, Other I don't than know. the sighting of some Lemurian the, the baking or wherever it was. Hmm. Paying well, with gold. Well, there's a there's a couple of that there, there's a guy which I'll probably look into as well. Um so I've got a report here which we're gonna have a look at which okay. are from the Los Angeles Times. And there was also a guy in like 1904 who claimed to have found a city in Mount Shasta. So we can have a look at that and then we'll have a brief look at Wikipedia and then we'll probably call it. Fair enough. So Los Angeles Times, odd accounts and strange tales orbit around Chester by Lee Romney, Los Angeles Times, January 23rd, 2012. Locals didn't find the ads posted at Laundromat or running in the Super Saver to be strange at all. A number of people, in fact, reached out to Brian Wolfenstein, the researcher looking to gather stories and information for a book on Bigfoot and UFO sightings. A woman named Rudy emailed to report that she'd seen a bright disc hovering above Mount Shasta. She had touched a photo from a ski resort snow cam that showed a luminous speck. Credible, Wolfenstein thought. A man named Larry recounted his own research, including a telepathic communication with them. <laughs> Conducted in preparation for the day, extraterrestrials would reveal themselves to Earthling. Who out there? Wallenstein decided. People pulled him aside to share anecdotes of mystery lights and stargates or to whisper the names of neighbours and brothers with tales to tell. Secondhand accounts flowed in about the forest ranger who casually spoke of spotting a Bigfoot east of Mount McCloud and the deer hunting couple from weed who came across a bright chromed vehicle on a dark mountain road. Ooh. Their stories will die if I don't do this. Wallenstein, a 56 year old computer technician and self-published children's author said recently from his home here, uh, Twenty-one, uh, a two and a half acre sanctuary of sorts, for the six cats who services muses. Mount Shasta, a uh, fourteen thousand one hundred sixty-two <clears throat> foot peak, often tinged with pink alpen glow and topped by lens-shaped clouds, has long enlisted ore. When John Murphys caught sight of it, it was fifty miles away, afoot alone and weary. He wrote in 1874, get all of my blood turned to wine, and I have not been that wary since. (laughs) Has your blood ever turned to wine, Neil? I mean, I've drunk enough wine that it's sort of got about halfway there. Okay, nice. Three for a tenner (laughs) Well, you know what you're going to do. Exactly. It's now written a few years later by a teenager from Eureka just northwest of the mountain. Um, a story of advanced living uh, beings living in a crystal city beneath the mountain, cemented Shasta's otherworldly reputation. No to be touted, are the site of energy vortexes that allowed passages to the metaphysical dimension. Uh, the birthplace of a spiritual foundation, whose adherents believe that they can ascend to the eternal realm, and a hotspot for UFOs that hide in the cloud and enter the mountain's core through mystery portals. Mm-hmm. Newer to the report, uh, repertoire are sightings of Bigfoot. The word serves as both singular and plural like fish and sheep. Sheep, sorry. Believed by some to conceal themselves by passing into the fifth dimension. Yeah, you go see, they can hide. So, yeah. well, I wonder, maybe maybe Bigfoots are aliens. Well, that's, yeah, you're not the first person to wonder that. You know. Maybe that's why it's so hard to find them. Exactly. Like wikis. Yeah. that's what the Ewoks were based on they weren't just based on teddy bears so that they could sell merchandising (laughs) definitely not no it was that spiritual you know George Lucas had been up this mountain he'd Mm -hmm. hang out with the Lemurians and they were like well I'll tell you what you want to do but then they had to dumb it down didn't they kids yeah it's true Shane uh, Manchester has always been a spiritual drawing, but it's getting more and more popular, says Karen Anderson, a supervisor in the Townsville Bureau, who estimated fourth the area's tourists come for that reason. Uh, to assist seekers from around the globe, the bureau's website includes a list of energy hearers. The shop carries crystals for the spiritual pilgrim. Drop in channeling sessions are held each Sunday at a spiritual centre, and guides leave soul cleansing treks at the mountain in all seasons. Uh, oh no, this one's, this Ashland woman again's turned up. (laughs) I'm ignoring her. I mean, to be fair, she knows that I get herself some pro Yeah, I know, tell me about it. Uh, so, uh, with its hot springs and glaciers, the dormant volcano at the southern edge of the Cascade Range has always been sacred to Native Americans, some who view it as central to their creation myth. But it was the Eureka, which is spelt weirdly, it's Y-R-E-K-A, teenagers. Frederick Spencer Oliver, who blew the mystical door wide open in the 1880s when he claimed that an ancient native of Lemura had... Used him as a channel to write a manuscript that described a buried city within the walls, polished as by jewelers, through uh, though excavated by giants. Ooh. Residents who say they speak for the inhabitants of that underground realm have since multiplied. <laughs> no, I'm well, totally as you know a <laughs> spokesperson for the Lemurians. Lemurians yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and they can uh, give you whatever advice you want. It's you know, 100, quid, 100 quid for reading. All right, Oliver, you should invest in my uh, travel company. Oliver was the earliest the cha- earliest channel in this area, says uh, historian William uh, Mies, who puts together a vast bibliography of the primary source on the mountain and its law for the College of Sisyphus, uh, uh, now, she says you can hardly miss the channel walking down Main Street. Uh, in a 1932 Los Angeles Time magazine article, Edward Lancer wrote of seeing Mount Shasta ablaze with a strange reddish green light from the window of his Oregon bound train. Lemurians, a fellow passenger confided. <laughs> Returning to the legend uh, further, Lancer was told that tall men from a sunken civilization were known to <laughs> patronize local stores, buying enormous quantities of sulfur as well as a great deal of salt. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's a shit diet, isn't it? Yeah, well, they're using this for some sort of mining. I don't know. What's, what's, I don't know. What's, what's sulfur used for? I mean, gunpowder, one of the key ingredients. Oh, and salt, maybe it's saltpeter. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting talled up. <laughs> I don't know. In a stroke well, of fortune for the Manchester economy, the items were always paid for in gold nuggets, and the gold always far exceeded the value of the merchandise. Uh, so then the okay. So, uh, Lansing's count came as another spiritual movement was building near the mountain. Violet clad followers who believed that loving that the loving ascended masters. Jesus among them, could teach humans to raise their vibrational levels and thus pass freely between Earth and the eternal realm. The, re- the movement is still prominent in Shasta. So I think that's the as-is people or whatever. Or yeah. I am. Or oh, I am. Or oh, I am. Yeah. I am coming. Um, as for the UFOs, reported sightings exploded in the 50s and persists today. Uh, appearances by Bigfoot. Uh and also Tales of Dwarves and Fairies flavour the mix. Ooh. Lewis Carroll's White Queen, who famously said, sometimes I've believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast would feel right at home here. Ted Michael Rosich, a retired college of Siskius, a professor who wrote the Shasta Project folklore segment. Uh, So I'm going to leave that there and just have a look through wiki quickly because uh, someone who we've recently spoke of turns up. Oh. So the wiki, uh, it's Legends of Mount Shasta, uh, and it's unusual for its large number of myths and legends and often said the secret city. So we've talked about the uh, Native American legends Mm -hmm. and – so, according to the local indigenous tribes, namely the Kalmath people, Manchester is inhabited by the spirit chief, Skell, who descended from heaven to the mountain summit. Skell fought with the spirit of the below world, Lao, who resides at Mount Mazma by throwing hot rocks and lava. So, this is completely new as well. Yeah. Probably representing volcanic eruptions at both mountains. We know about Lemuria, so that's fine. Um, so, Neil, there's also um, <laughs> there's also been reported that the Count of Saint Germain was here. <laughs> oh, okay. So that was according to this guy Ballard, con man. Uh, okay. that is, he's like a character. Well, he's the one from before, from the I. Am. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, and he said he encountered a man who introduced himself as Count of Saint Germain. Who is said to have uh, started ballad on the part? So, so he, the vampire fellow was it? The vampire fellow from New Orleans, yeah, yeah. So, so he's saying that this the vampire from New Orleans the was the guy who taught him all the stuff. <laughs> so and the last oh. one, which we haven't really seen uh, before, is J C Brown. And according to legend, J C Brown was a British prospector who discovered the lost underground city beneath Mount Shasta in 1904. Brown had been hired by the Lord Cowdray Mining Company of England to prospect for gold and discovered a cave which sloped down for 11 miles. In the cave, he found an underground village filled with gold, shields and mummies, some being up to 10 feet tall. He told his story 30 years later. Oh, nice one. Why? Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's always that. Do you do bother evacuating that? Nah, just leave it in there. It's fine. Uh, to John C. Root. That, who, no, trust me. So, uh, I mean, this sounds like a lovely con again. He told a story 30 years later to John C. Root, who proceeded to gather an exploration team in Stockton, California. About 80 people joined the team, but on the day the team was about to set out, Brown did not show up and was never heard from again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it I yeah, didn't feel that good. So, yeah, didn't remember, feel like so, it. Yes. So, I know that it's been, like, all of them are a bit brief and with, you know, but um, there's a lot, there's a lot going on there, Neil, so I think... There's there's a lot of characters going on there, I mean, you know, all, all from other stories. I mean, I wasn't expecting the uh, Councilman <laughs> <laughs> to, to, <laughs> I mean, to make an appearance, you know, um, so the surprise of Mickey Mouse is going to pop up at the end or something there. Yeah, exactly. Um, might, might as well. So, there's a lot going on, and so, therefore, it's all been a bit surface level, but, I mean, you know, we've got to keep the episodes for certain things, well, uh, so I think you know, we should... Go through the scoring system. Cool. Okay. So, spookiness. Um yeah. I mean, oh, there's a lot of stuff here, and I, none of it's really that spooky, though. Unless you're sort of like worried about cults, but it should be. Mm. Um, I'm not. I'm not even really getting, getting much of a bead on because a lot of people have gone in there. There's some Lemurians knocking about from like mm. ancient civilizations. But they seem fairly harmless, and they're quite happy just popping down the shops, apparently. Well, and the, and the good tippers. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, they pay well. Um, it is syncretically. Um, yeah, there's not anything bad happening here. Do you know Yeah, it's just... It's not spooky, per se. Yeah, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a 1 for spookiness, because it's just not... A, it's nothing bad about the tale itself. There's just nothing here that's... It all seems fairly kind of like... What's the word? You know, like something you want to go out and see if it was true, which I'm yeah. curious about. But, uh, yeah, it's not a spooky one. But, yeah, one for me, I'm afraid of spookiness. That's fine. Um, so I don't think it's very – I mean, it seems to be pretty benevolent, doesn't it, the amount yeah. the stuff that's going on around it. But I do think that – I think the cults – well, yeah, but I, I don't know enough about the cult to know if they were very abusive or whether they were just Connors. Do you know what I mean? Well, they're like an artefact of it, aren't they? So, you know, it just feels like millionaires rowing Brighton or it's where everyone goes, and you're going to get someone near-do-wells to turn up. Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't look like very... I'm just really quickly skim-reading. Um, it doesn't look like they were a particularly abusive cult, so less, less kind of spooky than, like, a lot of them, do you know what I mean, where they... Yeah. hurt people loads. I mean, it sounds like it's just gone. You know, if. I mean, we don't really know what the Lemurians look like, but they're seven feet tall. So if these seven. uh, Again, like, it's not massively spooky. I don't know. I'm going to give it like it. You know, if you saw like UFOs or you saw a Bigfoot or whatever, I think it would still spook you a little bit. Yeah, imagine if imagine if you saw them all on the same day. Saw them all in the same once, yeah, in a cave. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> that'd be an experience. Mm. So I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a three now. Um so believability. Well it, So a hundred percent believe that the um Native American or First Nation or one of the tribes around there, because sort of it's part of their mythos and I completely believe that they believe in it um, the UFOs I mean it sounds like a lot of it's to do with the fact that it's got weird like it creates weird clouds to me that's yeah. what sounds like the UFO stuff um, that that there's a that there's lizard people or yeah. <laughs> or the Lemurian... vampire a bunch of lizard people a bunch of ancient Bigfoot you know, yeah. Bigfoot, Selenium so I don't know. I mean, it's not. It's everywhere. so I, I believe that people believe the stuff, but I also believe that there's people who are con artists or grifters there. Um, yeah. So to be honest, like because of, and I'm going to go. I'm just going to go down the middle on this one because I don't want to denigrate the you know the people have been there for ages is kind of belief system but i think the more modern sort of european people come in there i think there's a lot of conning going on because you Mm. know that's what we do in it so i'm going to give it a five now yeah so i think the problem is is there's so many things being asked to believe in it makes it a bit harder to accept yeah it's just it's like you know they've overdone it um so that brings it down a little bit for me. But as you say, it's kinda of like, you know, people will buy into some of this stuff and kinda of like, oh, you know, it's a mountain, it's got a special kind of energy or whatever, or it's you know, you hear people saying that about various places. Though I can I can believe that people do believe around it, so I'll give it a four. Four. Okay. Narrative premise, Nil. Lot to work I mean, with. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's almost too much to work with, isn't it? You could definitely you could, you could stuff some like a really weird movie. I mean, God, you'd have to what, Bigfoot versus the Lemurians? It's exactly, you film. wouldn't know where to start, would you? It end up being one of those really awful, straight DVD movies that kind of like, yeah. Sounds good. It's the, some like, like, five foot Lemurian and another. You have an alien Bigfoot versus yeah. the Lemurians. Going a bad Bigfoot costume. Um, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of, I can't remember what it was called now. It was, um, the Untouchables? Uh, oh, no, 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 what's it called? <laughs> is that what it is? No, this is something around the prophecies. There was this book written in the 60s where it was kind of like, and it's just, it's like this, it's just full of like, it's all of the conspiracy spirits. Oh, The Expendables. No, bit... no, that's, you're, you're quoting a lot of action movies at me. Yeah, no, no, this was but like. Um... Mount Shasta's a lot like The Expendables. It's, it? like it's Expendables, kind of yeah. Let's get, get Stapham and Jetley hmm. and um, and, you know. Jetley playing Count Germain. Chuck Norris and. Chuck Norris being Bigfoot, obviously. Mickey Rourke. Yeah, you know. playing play the mountain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um Blime, that was a terrible movie. Um oh, I can't remember what it was called now, but yeah, no, there was this there was this book there, it was like caterpillar thing in the 60s, kind of like very um and it was just like all the conspiracies all at once. It mm. was kinda of like all, all that kind of you know, that kind of thing. Um no, I anyway, I can't remember what it's called, so let's not worry about that. Um Yeah, I think you, you could because this, this has got a real heavy kind of like 60s vibe to it for me as well. Do you know what I mean? Where you can mm. you get away with some of this stuff. Uh, yeah, I think you could, you might have to set it in the 60s or something, but I think you could write an interesting thing. And I'll, I'll give it, because um, there's a lot going on, a lot to work with. It's slightly overwhelming. I'll give it um, an eight for this one because I think I've been low on the other ones. Yeah, so I think this has got quite good narrative premise chops because there is, I mean, like there's, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like putting together a super group, isn't it? Yeah, um, and I kind of you know, like American Gods, you could almost kind of do yeah. th- you could do something like that around Manchester. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But also do it do it like that, but sort of mixed in with sort of Twin Peaks sort of thing. Do you know what I mean like it could be yeah. like you could you could do something you could do something really interesting with it, and the fact that then if people the thing like if you just like chuck a load of like different tales into like one modern thing. You know, it just looks lazy, but because these things are all actually associated with the mountain, you can kind of get away with it. You can get away with putting a lot of extra stuff in. Yeah, it either come out really shit or really interesting. Yeah, whatever, as long as it's profitable. So I'm going to exactly. give it an eight. I'm going to give it an eight as well, Neil. Um, and reach. So, I mean, within spiritual s- circles, I think it's got a th- like quite a big reach. Kind of like in a new, a new age circles, it seems to. Mm um the so what's going to give it the big reach is like the reach through time right it's part of people's creation myths so that that uh, you know like it's got a big reach through time um i'd heard of it before this before doing this i'm sure you probably hadn't i don't think i don't think people on the street would know it necessarily um, but I think because of its reach-through time, and I think it is quite popular within certain circles, I'm going to give it a 7-0. Yeah, no, fair enough. Oh, yeah, I can see sort of New Age types buying into all of this stuff. Um, yeah, um, and yeah, as you say, some of the, you know, I always sort of worry when this stuff gets co-opted from sort of Native Americans or First yeah, Peoples. American, like you know or let's just use it to sort of, like, flag up other things, because I doubt very much they've got Bigfoots and UFOs and all this other nonsense in there. Well, to be fair, Bigfoot, the Bigfoot—the person who said about Bigfoot was a, was a Native American person. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, kid, yeah, the, the keepers yeah. of the woods or whatever they call them. Yeah, I've got no idea where that sort of goes Um But, yeah, uh, but, yeah, no, I, I'm... I can imagine, yeah, because it's kind of, like, involved with all that stuff. It probably has got a feather as well. So, yeah, I'll give it I'll give it a seven as well. Seven. So, that gives overall 39. So, not bad. Sort of in the middle of the bell curve. Um, its main problem is that it's not spooky enough. So, <laughs> if, if, yeah. if it could... I don't know. If it could add some skellingtons or something, that would be good. Yeah, like a haunted skellington army. Yeah, a haunted skellington. Yeah, the Lemurians. Uh, you know, yeah. every tenth visitor gets ripped apart. <laughs> well, yeah, had yeah. some... Had some um, loop gurus. A bit of thing. spice to it, yeah. 100%, yeah. You know, like, where, where, what I would say is, Mount Shasta, where's the jeopardy? Yeah. A few boo-hags involved, maybe. <laughs> cool, so um, if you uh, know any other stuff, or you've had an experience with Mount Shasta, or you'd like to look at anything else, then contact us at uh, com. And if you... Uh, it, up with the episode or enjoyed it whatever give us a subscribe or a like or something uh help other people as well, find you know it this though. yeah might as well do you know what i mean it's one it's a it's a push of a screen and it. um but yeah that's that's it for this week um that's quite you know quite i wouldn't mind going there to be honest neil how about yeah. you Sounds interesting. I would inevitably be slightly disappointed when that's, none of this stuff is there. But... Well, no, because I quite like mountains and nature and caves and stuff anyway, so I'd yeah. be happy enough with the natural stuff, do you know what I mean? Right, it sounds like, i not have to like go it's... anywhere, like, too claustrophobic. No, like, the caves are massive. Yeah, if it's like, you know, you can walk in them and stuff, then that's fine by, by me. I couldn't oh, – You're not to stuff you do. Yeah, no, couldn't do no, that. No, you, you wouldn't – no. Bit too claustrophobic for that. I'd like to go to Pluto's cave, which is one of them. Which is a volcanic lava tube on the outskirts of Mount Shasta. That'd Ooh. be nice. So, yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe we'll go there one day. Um, one day. Seems like, um, it seems, seems very expensive. And there's probably other things that I'd spend the money on. Yeah, first. frankly. But lots like, of stuff to see in California, Could happen, couldn't it? You never know. You never know. Who knows? Can not uh, well, chase first, perhaps? Can I chase first? Yes, start small. Um <laughs> start ballistic. So yeah. uh yeah, that's it for this week. I hope you have a lovely week, whatever you're doing, and I hope that the uh spiritual cleansing powers of Mount Shasta clean your soul while you're sleeping uh, at some point this week. You know. Um that's, <laughs> I, I, I hope that for you. Um so oh, yeah. yeah. See you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> and, uh, I- USB <laughs> Wi-Fi Chip <and> Chip. <laughs>